I'm looking at you now. It's your turn. Oh, okay. Uh, my room smells funny. Keep going. Uh, it's so called schmegma. It's it's smegma. There's no sh. It's not Yiddish. Hmm. Uh, so yesterday, I get a text from my girlfriend, and she's like, "Hey, my friend won tickets to the show in Indy. Can I borrow your car after work to drive?" Uh, to Indy with my friend to go see a concert. And I was like, okay, sure. So I had the night to myself and she didn't get home till like 3 a.m. So she gets home, you know, I was like, she texts me like when she was on her way and everything. Cool. I was like, wake me up when you get here so I know that you're alive. She wakes me up. Uh, Awesome pass right back out then later in the night she wakes me up and says uh harlow like uh one of our cats who is pregnant harlow's in here don't crush her she's between (laughs) us and i was like uh okay she's like she's really lovey-dovey i think she's like getting ready to have her kittens in the next few days it's because you have like a hundred cats that aren't neutered, right? <laughs> we have four cats. Three of them are not neutered. Okay. Let me do the math real quick. How many cats does it take to procreate less than three? Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yep. Okay. Uh, it just takes a brother and a sister. <laughs> uh, well, Mama always said. Yeah. So, uh, I wake in the middle. Well, I guess it's already the middle of the night. I wake in the morning, but before I should... To a tiny little mew. Mew. <laughs> and I was like, wake up. I think the cat just had, uh, I think the cat just had kittens at the foot of our bed. And she's like, no, the cat, I get out my phone, I shine a light on it. Uh, no, the cat, It's she wouldn't have kittens on the foot of the bed. Go back she, to sleep. She would go play someplace soft yes. and warm <laughs> yeah. and safe. Uh-huh. Not at the foot of our bed. Exactly. <laughs> Why so, is she so dismissive I of this know. idea? <laughs> so, then, so then I'm like, fine, whatever. I turn the light off on my phone. <laughs> I plug t- it back into the charger. <laughs> and I lay my head down on that soft pillow. And then there's another <laughs> meow. And she's like. Oh, fuck, I heard it that time. <laughs> so I get my phone back out, shine the light on. This time she actually gives a proper look. Hey, look, there's a little baby. And uh, so she picks up the first, it was only had one baby at this point, picks her up, like makes a little nest for her, picks her up in the baby, puts her in the With nest. With your comforter and your sheets. <laughs> well, no. Those stayed on the bed, but then I got to sleep the next hour, hour and a half until my alarm went off in the wet spot that I didn't even have fun sleeping in for to get into sleeping in the wet spot. You slept in the cats? It was placentas? at the foot of the... It was like... It, she was on top of the sheets. So I don't think it was actually wet. I think it was just cold. It may have been wet. I didn't care. I was tired. <laughs> this is the most disgusting <laughs> thing I've ever heard. It was my foot. It wasn't like anything terrible. I wasn't going to, like, if it was on my chest, if she had just, like, her water had burst on my chest, I would be like, fuck off, cat. 
And Let me push you down to my feet, and then yeah. you can stay there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like you know. Like any how decent cats human do. being would. Yeah. Any reasonable person would be like, you know what? You can do that on my feet, not on my chest. I don't need a kitty steamer. <laughs> That's the end of the story? The, the, I mean, so there are two kittens now. Only two? Uh, So far... She thinks there are more. Okay, so the first litter was literally just one baby. That's not a litter. That's a baby. Yeah. So the first time she got pregnant, she had one. This time there are two, and she's convinced that there are more coming. And she did a bunch of research, and, like, they can happen, like, 24 hours after. They could have, like, one batch, and then, like, 24 hours later have another batch. But what's our time frame on this? This was this morning? This Yeah, this was 18 hours ago. Is this the because of the incest that the litters are so small? Like, I don't doesn't know. that seem like low numbers? She's also an incredibly skinny cat, so they could just be like only there's only enough nourishment to feed a few. I, I have so many questions right now about this cat's reproductive system. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. Wait, so you've already went through a litter of inbred cats and you didn't get them fixed yet? There was there was it was one cat, and uh, we did not get him fixed. Uh, he, he's probably not the dad, though he did get a little rapey, uh, recently. But the fun part is, I guess for the past couple days, the dad cat has been raping the little boy cat. And so now he gets locked in the bathroom for most of the day. Uh, I spent a little bit of time doing research on gay animals at one point. And like, there's a bunch of gay mammals i don't mm-hmm. think there's anything that's not a mammal that's Gammals. gay uh but that led me into suicidal animals <laughs> and there's a bunch of gay animals but they've never found an animal that is they can say committed suicide because they're not self-aware in order to make that decision right they don't have the the self-awareness to overcome their own instincts exactly but they do have the capability to decide that they want to bone the same sex yeah i've you know i've heard you know we took the female out of the equation she was getting raped so she went into our bedroom uh at that point he's probably just like prison gay you know i can see that yeah Mm. (laughs) okay so that was my morning so you have two kittens and uh and one of them apparently won't latch so I had to go out before work and buy cat formula, <laughs> which cost me $10. I love this because you and I have talked off mic, and this is like not your thing at all. I mean, I I don't hate animals by no, any You stretch. don't want to see the kitten die, but this is uh, also no. not your... If you were to choose, yeah. they would be neutered and you wouldn't be dealing with exactly. the situation. Exactly. Yeah, you're not, you're not flushing them down the toilet. No, no. Um, hell no. No, no, no. I love them. But you I wish, wish that there they were less there. of them. Yeah, that's how I feel about my children. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Fewer of them. <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah, speaking of my kids, uh, I had the basketball thing that I promised. I'm very excited. I've been waiting a while for the story. It's less climactic than you'd think because they didn't have me get out on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, luckily they for have me. have other dads get out on the floor? No. Okay. No. That would be worse, actually. Yeah. It's like, uh, you, you, and uh, you, definitely. Just hang back. It's we're uh, we're going to let the, the 
good looking yeah. dads. It's just like who, me and uh, me and Kevin James sitting on the <laughs> sidelines, <laughs> who won't get winded after four steps. <laughs> um, they can come out and help us. So no, it was it wasn't what it, I thought it was, which is a good thing. Um, but the biggest thing for me was like these are. Uh, it was like a couple of the players and a cup and like the assistant coach uh, of the of the the Mad Anthony the semi pro team, mm-hmm. and at first I was like, I went from like being super impressed by how good of a coach he was and these other guys were because they divided him into groups or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I started getting pissed off and annoyed at my son's coach because he's not like I'm like why the fuck isn't he teaching him this stuff. And then it took a minute for me to step back and realize this is just a dad. This guy is a professional coach. Like this is what he does for a living. So it's not, it's not fair. Like the dad yeah. is just volunteering his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy does this for a living and obviously w- was a good player and probably you know at least reached this level, if not the he's NBA. A D, he's a D league coach. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like uh, above Division two college. Probably just below Division One college. He uh, he could be an assistant coach in the NBA pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, and he definitely like. I feel like just watching him work with these like eight year old kids, uh, he made them better in the hour that he worked with them, and it was really impressive. But then it, good. I realized too, it wasn't fair to me at all to be comparing it to <laughs> no. this dad that's volunteering. But my immediate reaction was like, "Why the fuck isn't this dad doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I really think that it takes a level of like uh, you, of like the stereotypical like we you need the coach of any of these teams for kids to be the gym teacher from F- Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Into S and M? No, no, no. The S and M is is <laughs> can go either way, <laughs> but you need him to be a dickhead and telling him to run laps. You know, you okay. you need that like authoritarian figure in there, like. I think we like the idea of like the coach being your buddy, but you need your the coach guy to be the one telling you what to do. And mm-hmm. like he was cool to all the kids, but at the same time, like they were doing the stance and he would try to knock their ball out of their hand. He kept knocking the ball out of my son's hand because my son sucks, but he kept doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what he needed. Mm-hmm. And it made him better for him kept doing it instead of knocking it out of his hand once. And just, like taking pity on him or something. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of disappointing for you. It worked out well for me. What yeah. sucked, though, is that we went to the basketball game afterwards. And like most uh, stadiums, they cram as many people in as they can. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the guy's fault at all. But I'm sitting there, and the guy in front of me, every time he was put his – if you remember, I had just fallen, mm-hmm. and my knee was recuperating. Yes. And dude kept putting his elbow mm. on the el- on where his elbow would go. That's where it's designed yeah. for. It's the arm rest. That's what it's made for. But in the process, he kept elbowing my knee each time, and I wanted to fucking punt this dude in the back of the head every time. It's not his fault. He's no, literally just a, bumping me. It's triggered. Um, but, but it sucks so bad because he just fucking kept elbowing me right in my knee, and it was terrible. Couldn't just be like, hey, I need to switch spots with you? Luckily, my son the whole time was like, can I get on my tablet now? So we left at like halftime, which sort of sucked because like, I was enjoying it enough you know, to... to to sit back and you know i i'm not a big sports guy but if mm-hmm. if i try i can watch it and see like these are people doing something at a level that i could never do yeah you know so yeah the core you can appreciate that. yeah exactly and then you know i was trying to make the best of it but then you know he's like, bored want to get on my tablet want to play 
Roblox. And then I wanted to punch him in the head. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so. fucking elbow me in the knee so I have an excuse. Come yeah, on. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Um, the, the other, uh, the other kid, uh, this week was, gave me probably the highlight of my week because I didn't have to deal with it. I just, uh, heard from, from my wife. Mm-hmm. So he goes to a special needs preschool and he wanted to play school with my wife. He frequently plays school with me and he's the teacher and then I'm the teacher. And we just kind of go through his routine throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's a normal kid thing to do. However, my wife told me that he wanted to be, he wanted to play school and she wanted, he wanted her to be a specific kid in the class. Okay. And I was like, please tell me that it's not the kid in the wheelchair because I know that he's friends with a kid in his wheelchair Mm -hmm. who we're going to call Monty. Okay. So I know him and Monty are friends. Monty will or I'm sorry, he'll stack, my son will stack up these blocks and then Monty will run it into it with his wheelchair and they both laugh and then he, my son restacks the blocks and then he runs into it with his wheelchair. Yeah. It's his friend, right? Mm -hmm. So, my wife is like, yeah, it was Monty. I had to be Monty. (laughs) So my son got uh, a chair from the kitchen table and sat it in the middle of the playroom and told her to sit down because (laughs) she was Monty. So now she's sitting there pretending to be a four-year-old boy in a wheelchair during playtime <laughs> being directed by my son so uh she so she uh he he tells her uh he apparently he helps with snack with this kid too okay i'm guessing because he got uh, a snack and he was giving them to my wife so my wife was like okay i'm gonna eat these crackers um and she said he says to her ask for more really getting into this yeah and she says can i have more crackers and he's like no no monty doesn't do that monty says and then he signs more which is you take your two fingers or you you make a pinchy hand and tap them together and that's Mm -hmm. signing for more so apparently monty isn't very lingual so he directs my wife to do this. So now my wife is sitting in a chair in the, in the playroom, pretending that it's, she's a four-year-old in a wheelchair that is signing more to get more crackers. And you're just like, I, when am I going to get that nanny cam? So, so she missing all of eats this. the crackers and then they get bubbles. Uh, like he's very specific. I need to go get bubbles. Mom, break, break character. Go get me bubbles. <laughs> she goes and gets bubbles. Sits back down in her pretend wheelchair and she proceeds to role play as a four-year-old in a wheelchair. And he says, okay, I'm going to blow bubbles. And then, and then Monty, you ask for more bubbles. So my wife waits for him to blow the bubbles and then he, she signs more. Knowing that it's going to be a problem, she says, she signs more and says bubbles. And he's like, no! <laughs> it is... Monty doesn't say bubbles. Monty says bubba. <laughs> so my wife ends up proceeding to sit in the chair in the playroom, pretending to be a four-year-old in a wheelchair, signing more and says bubba as my son continues to blow bubbles. So you take your son out of the equation. 
<laughs> and your wife is in the living room making fun of a four-year-old in a wheelchair. Exactly. That's my question. She was like, am I terrible? <laughs> Or am I being a good? And I think she's being because my son oh, yeah. has nothing. Like he's yeah. There's he, there's no malice. He that's, zero. That's like, why it's okay. Exactly. Like he freaked. So he's been asking for this kid to come over, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been asking for this kid to come over. And he got off the bus yesterday, and I got off him off the bus, and he's like, "Where's Monty?" I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I never told you Monty was coming over today. No, mommy said mommy did not tell you she was like he was like mommy didn't pick up Monty from school. Because that's her job. She Her job is to pick up other kids from school. Uh, well, apparently he decreed it. <laughs> so I told him she would email and uh, we would talk to her about it when she got home. And then he's like, uh, where's mommy? She's bringing Monty, right? And I'm like, it is 7 p.m. She is not bringing Monty over tonight. And that was a whole nother fiasco. <laughs> So, yeah, there's no malice to it at all. Like, it's innocent. But again, at the same time, when you were a grown-ass woman <laughs> sitting, pretending to be a disabled four-year-old, that's got to be weird. It's got to be weird, but you know what that makes you? That makes you a pretty cool mom. Yeah. I feel like that does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So. Do you want to hear my heartbreaking story of the week? Yes. Nothing makes me feel better <laughs> than to hear you feeling terrible. <laughs> okay. So, where I work... Uh, the closest, like, if I want to pick up fast food and take it back to work to shove in my face while I do sad things on a computer. That sounds like I'm masturbating, doesn't it? Oh, it definitely That's a, does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm watching people play video games on the computer. <laughs> Maybe worse. Yep. yep. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> The places that are like, that's like McDonald's and Arby's and Dairy Queen and Little Caesars. Those are like the places around. And so I hadn't been to Little Caesars in a while. And I was like, you know what? It's a $5 pizza. That's fine. Uh, it's not great, but it's $5. And I get there and they have something called the Extra Most Bestest Pizza. Which for an extra dollar, you get double the meat, double the cheese, double the sauce. And that's only a dollar. Which I feel like the weak part of Little Caesar's Pizza is the meat, the sauce, and the cheese. So <laughs> more of those couldn't hurt. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I Do get you remember the, the old Little Caesar's? Pizza, like the pizza. square pizza? Yeah. That was you good, get, right? You get like two square pizzas in one box. And it was good. It wasn't like this now. Yeah. Go well, they, they, they pivoted to like a fast bar- food pizza. Yeah, like a bargain pizza. Right. I get it. I'm just saying like... They innovated, really. Like, I, think I feel like doing Domino's better. and Pizza Hut and them have had to catch up. Yeah, no, I think they're doing better, but it doesn't mean that it's better pizza. No, it's it's mu- it's far worse pizza. It's it's gas station pizza. Yeah. Uh, so I got my pizza. I get crazy bread and cheese, and I'm good to go. Got my lunch. So I drive back to work, and uh, I it's on the seat next to me. I put it up on the dashboard to get out. And my back is to it, and I hear a sliding <laughs> sound. And the pizza slides off my dashboard, hits my seat, and every last piece winds up on the asphalt. <laughs> face down or face up? A, ver- a very, it was a mix. Okay. It didn't just go flop because it hit the thing. They all kind of rushed out <laughs> and chaos ensued. And some wound up face up, some wound up face down. 
And you I'm got just a decision like, to make. I'm just like, shit. <laughs> I pick up. I get the box. I open it up. I'm looking down at the pizza. I'm picking up a piece. Like, hey, this doesn't look too bad. I'll throw that in. Uh, there were two pieces that are just like, these are, these are gone. 100% gone. I didn't even put those in the box. So I go in the, I go inside, go in the break room, immediately throw away those two pieces. I grab some paper towels and there's another person in the break room. So I very, tr- I try very nonchalantly <laughs> to pick to off try cigarette, to cigarette pick butts, off, <laughs> get asphalt off of a pizza. <laughs> With paper towels? <laughs> and he's like, mm, pizza. And I'm like, yeah, mm, pizza. Oh, God. just get a, Is that black speck? Is that something from the oven? Or is that asphalt? It's, I'm, I'm going to assume that's asphalt. That's the proper assumption here. So I go back to my desk. And I, and I eat my crazy bread. And the whole time eating the crazy bread, I'm just like thinking, am, am I going to do this? <laughs> I finished my crazy bread. I'm watching some dude in England play Factorio. And I open up the box and I look down. And I close the box and I threw it in the garbage. Good for you. I am not proud that I'm proud, but I'm proud (laughs) that I threw that away. Hey, that's a mile. I didn't think that it was going to go that direction. (laughs) I thought you were going to be picking up cigarette butts off of it and then just like. All signs pointed to exactly that scenario. <laughs> but apparently this step, is a new me. It's a step in the right direction. This isn't this isn't the same Justin who's eaten uh gas station food out of a garbage can. No. That's good for you. Yeah. Uh I was gonna save this, but I guess now's the time to do it. Um I don't expect this to be a near knee jerk reaction. Okay. Uh okay. we've had problems before by me presenting things to you. And saying, if you don't want to do this afterwards, just tell me and I'll it out. And you're like, no, 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 it's fine. And then later you're like, no, sorry, I don't want to do that. <laughs> anyway, sorry, my bitterness was seeping through there a little bit. So I'm going to give you an entire week, and you can come back to me next week with this. Okay. So. Are you uh, pick the movies again? No. Damn it. So uh, this is episode 63. Uh, okay. It's yeah. in that ballpark. So. Okay. So, so. so we're we're cruising. Like we're doing, we're doing good. Cruising like for a goosin'. They're co- <laughs> fucking Mayberry. <laughs> Fuck you, Mayberry. Uh, you know, since that episode, I looked into him, and he's like pretty prolific. Like he's got a lot of stuff out. Like I haven't, I still haven't read anything. But he's got like a lot of stuff out, uh, and all signs point to him being like a talented dude. But again, you got to choose. Em. You got to choose sides. What do exactly. I gotta say? Has he been on the podcast? No. no. Fuck him. Uh, so anyway. So we're cruising towards episode 100, right? Like it's coming <laughs> uh-huh. uh, until you like ditch it episode 99 and you're like, I about like Let's, everything's going. I feel like I've watched all horror. <laughs> There's nothing much for me to do. You're like, I'm having a good time. Uh, uh, it's growing. Things are going well, but now's the time to end it exactly at 99. Yeah. So uh, knowing that we're coming to that and I feel like we could both benefit from this uh as we've established before based on our pizza anecdote that you just had Mm -hmm. and the winded joke that you made i would like to present a level up for this to you okay i would like to present starting next week you and i have a competition that competition is just by numbers whoever loses the most by episode 100 gets to choose the tattoo for the other individual here's my qualifications 
centered around the podcast. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be centered around the podcast. Yeah. Approval has to come from our significant other. So think about that. I feel like we could both benefit from mm-hmm. the competition aspect. I think it would be fun. Uh, we don't want to. I'm not going to give you a you know a giant monster cocker and Eli Roth face, although those actually aren't the, the Eli Roth face isn't a bad idea really. Now that I said that out loud, um, but but I'm going to present that to you is I think that it would be cool. I think that it would be fun, and I think that at least my intentions for what I would choose for you wouldn't be total dickery. It would yeah. be having fun with it, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be uh, total just like. And if I win, I think your so would approve of way more than mine would no you're probably right with that like <laughs> i feel like you could go for the dick or the eli roth thing and oh, yeah. she'd be like yeah that's good well, f- fuck that guy <laughs> i'm married to him but fuck him <laughs> I d- him and mayberry <laughs> fuck them both <laughs> she's gonna make me get a tattoo of mayberry there you go oh that would be the worst <laughs> <laughs> unless he's on on the episode like 87 and like a totally nice guy yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and then it's but until like, then fuck him yeah exactly um so anyway a week let me know let me know what your thoughts are on that if you want to commit to that and we'll start duking it out my thought is is we'll just uh keep each person updated with how many pounds we've lost um for each episode and i think we're close enough that we've got enough both got about you know same ballpark amount to lose that i don't think you have to start throwing them in bmis and stuff like that um to mess with it so um that's my challenge i think it would be good for both of us and i think it would be fun yeah um so uh speaking of fatties kevin smith is our feature mm-hmm. for the week and this is the worst timing um or it was weird man because literally the day after yeah, you and i recorded within hours of when we recorded we recorded and then he had a major heart attack and like yeah. almost died yeah it's not like we're a week behind because of how we recorded but in real time it was the day after Less than 24 hours, he had this major heart attack. Yeah. And uh, he's okay. Luckily, it was sounded crazy. Like, yeah, it sounded like, like he shouldn't be okay. Uh, he could have died on stage. Like, exactly. Luckily, he read his body correctly and was like, this is this Dude, is something. Which would have had to have been a hard decision because he was like recording a special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he'd done one show and had a second one coming. And... Yeah, that they were recording for a special. Like, yeah. it wasn't even just that he was on stage. Um, my computer's telling me that it needs to restart in four minutes and 54 seconds, and I don't see an option to... Uh, Windows 10? I don't know. So I feel like I'm going to pause it and save it. Okay. And uh, go ahead and restart. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Kevin Smith is alive. Yay. And we're back. Yay. Didn't go anywhere for you, but in real time, we sat here and talked about cats <laughs> and uh, some stuff for a while. <laughs> so we're back. Kevin Smith is alive. Yep. Um, so that's cool. Could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and good. Cause I feel like he's got a whole bunch more movies that he wants to make and that I want to see. Yeah. I don't know if you do. Let's talk about it. I, I like Kevin Smith. I uh, fucking hated Kevin Smith. <laughs> he, I think you knew that like yeah. throughout high school and college. I was like, if there's one person that I could it's probably pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. I still don't like clerks. I don't like mall rats. We talked about dogma. Um, Zach and Mary, I thought was fine for a sex comedy movie. Um, I watched like one of the special features on Tusk for like 
I watched like half of it, and he was like, "Oh, you know, I did Clerks and and Mallrats and and Dogma and everything." And like, why don't you just keep making those movies? And he was like, "Cause I don't have that in me anymore. I'm not that guy anymore." So I tried to make my commercial ones, and that was like, uh, Jersey Girl and Zack and Mary. Like, those are the ones he just doesn't give a shit about. Yeah, well, no, the one that he really doesn't give a shit about is Cop Out. Have we talked about that? Mm-mm. So it's a he didn't write it. It was a Bruce Willis, Tracy Morgan yeah. movie. I've and never he, seen it. And he said, like, this was me making the decision saying, let me try to take a big Hollywood paycheck and see if I could be happy doing that. Mm-hmm. And I hated every minute of it. Like, he hates Bruce Willis. But I can totally respect him just being honest enough to say, like, yeah, I tried that out. Like, yeah. I took this huge paycheck to see if I could be happy just going to work. And he was like, I can't. Yeah. Then he made, like, he was going to be done making films, basically. And then he did Red State and sort of fell in love with the whole filmmaking thing again. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, do you want to talk about it? Sure. Red State, synopsis. Uh, a Phelps family-like clan, plus guns, kidnap a trio of boys... Uh, and at the same time, the ATF, uh, is at their doorstep and shit happens. Good. Overall thoughts. I wish I'd watched this in 2011 because everyone says how much they love this movie. And I feel like this is going to sound really maudlin and shit, but like with Parkland so fresh and Las Vegas and and the Texas Church and Sandy Hook and all that shit that's happened since then. It's just a little too fucking real. <laughs> uh, and I feel like uh, it got a little preachy in bits. It's like, uh, have you seen Religious with Bill Maher? Yeah. It's like it's the same way. I don't like it's like Religious or Fahrenheit nine eleven. Uh, even though like I totally. Uh, agree with most of the content. It's just like, come on, it's a, little, it's a little preachy. Get off your high horse a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I I can see. I think that it's mostly well made, and I will watch anything with John Goodman in it. Uh, but it didn't live up to the high expectations that I had. I think because like I couldn't let myself get into it for those reasons. Okay. Okay. So are, are you? So my wife. I hate my wife in that she will be like i don't like that guy he was a douchebag in this movie Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's kind of like you're saying like this made me feel something negative because it was real and i don't like how it made me feel so i don't like it i don't think that's what i'm saying i'm saying that when it was made it had a certain context okay and now that context is different and maybe more real. So maybe it is, whereas it might have been over the top and kind of fun in 2011, I feel like it is a little tone deaf in 2018. I don't think it was It was over the top then. I think this is was Kevin Smith saying, like, this is what is going to happen. Like, I feel like this was him pulling out his crystal ball. And maybe not this exact scenario, but I feel like he's kind of still right on. I mean, all he did was do, like, Waco in 2011. Yeah. Like, it's not original. That happened in the 90s. But that doesn't mean that it's not good. No. But (laughs) 
that also doesn't mean that it's Cristobalish, because um, he literally just took a thing that happened and changed like fire into a hail of bullets. Okay. Uh, okay. I guess I get I get your point. I don't know if I. Okay, I get your point. Um, let's dive in. So we open with a pretty realistic group of 17-year-old guys mm-hmm. um, in that they are 100% just focused on sex. Yep. That's all they talk about. That's all they want to do. That's all that they care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they end up with basically a, a Tinder-type app, yep. right? Um, and they end up saying that there's a 38-year-old woman that wants to hook up with all three of them simultaneously. Mm-hmm. First question. As I get older, I find myself more and more becoming aware of ages of people that they say. This woman was obviously not 38. But here's the thing. Was she claiming to be 38 and was actually 45 in the movie? The app specifically doesn't show faces. Yes. Uh, I think that, yeah, she was claiming to be 38. Okay. That makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better. Uh, Because she was not 38 at all. Like, they go to her trailer. And she gives them all drinks. Yeah. And they get knocked out. They and wait. chewing tobacco is still gross. Chewing tobacco is the most disgusting thing ever. Yep. I would much rather see someone smoking than chewing tobacco. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Like, why? Why are you putting, like, cancer right up against where cancer can get absorbed the best? Like, inhaling it isn't good enough for you. You have to put it right next to your blood vessels. I don't know. We say that, but then that same dude is, like, looking at us as we're eating pizza and being like, you guys are already fat. Why are you adding more pizza to that mix? Yeah. I guess it's the same thing. But. Maybe. Through our lens, you're grosser. You going to finish that? <laughs> Piece of pizza? Mm. Um. <laughs> shit. <laughs> awkward social situation now um so the kids are abducted mm-hmm. they end up in uh our one which the the one that we feel like is our protagonist because we've kind of spent the most time with him mm-hmm. he's in a dog cage and he's being led down hallways and things and he's sort of disoriented yeah his sheet ends up getting pulled off and he's in this church with this small group of people mm-hmm. who's basically uh, the Fred Phelps group, the Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, type family. They even reference Westboro. Yeah, even though Fred Phelps exists in this universe. Yes, exactly. But it's that type of family. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a, a dozen people or so, including some children. And there's two bodies hanging on crosses who we presume are his two friends. Are there two bodies? I thought there was just one. There's two. Uh, I thought there was just one, and it you is expected just one. it to be the tall guy. You're correct. I'm sorry. Billy Ray. Yep, I'm sorry. You, you expect that there's one. Yeah. Um, And then we meet Michael Phelps. What? I'm I combined names mm-hmm. into a name, but that's not who we meet. Mm-hmm. We meet Michael Parks, yep. who is so fucking fantastic in both of these movies mm-hmm. that I just get like, 
this like boner for an old man that I never knew that I could have possibly had because he is so awesome in this role as sort of Fred, Fred Phelps is who he yeah. basically is. Um, he's the leader of this, this super uh, militia esque conservative church. Um, and he's like charmingly evil. What are your thoughts on parks in this? I think he's great. Uh, but this is like, like I put, uh, I know this is kind of the thesis of the film, but the sermon's going on a bit long. Get to John Goodman already. <laughs> um, maybe, but I, I also, feel, I, I feel like I have like this visceral reaction. Like I get uncomfortable and not in a good way when something is so, when I realize that something is preaching what I believe at me and I, I know he's preaching the exact opposite, but mm-hmm. I realize because he's preaching the exact opposite that the movie is preaching exactly what I believe right back at me. Yeah, I follow. And so I get uncomfortable in a bad way and I just felt like, come on, I get it. I get it. I, I get don't, it. You don't want to be told you're right constantly. Yeah. You want to be challenged a little bit. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that I loved about it is that in a perverted way, you can see through this speech their logic, yeah, and not agree to it. Obviously, because you're you're even in the context of this, you're made to disagree with it. But you can see how someone would be seduced by this charming, uh, uh, well-spoken, funny, grandfatherly figure. Um, you can see how that allure would be there, and how that logic, if you follow, if you followed his his sermon like a proof you would absolutely subscribe to what he's preaching. I feel like. Sure. Um, He's charming and makes some sense in that, yeah, that's, I don't want to get all religious on the podcast, but yeah, he he quotes Bible verses at them that mean exactly what he's saying. They mm -hmm. mean. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say exactly what he says they say. Um. And they're just like uh, Fred. And did Fred Phelps like right as he died, he like come out and said that he was wrong? Yeah. And they basically uh, disavowed him. So, as a Christian, however, wouldn't you subscribe to the belief that it, since he said that he was wrong, he's on, in God's good graces now, and he's in heaven? Like if he admitted that he was wrong about things. And he accepted Jesus. No, because when he said he was wrong, that's when he was wrong. And before he was right. The things he said he was wrong about is what he was right about. And when he said he was wrong, that's what was actually wrong. In their eyes. No, no, no. I know. But I'm talking about the real Jesus. Oh. The real Jesus would say, come on up to heaven, right? The real Jesus don't care. Doesn't matter what you do. Just because you believe in him? Just believe in him and be sorry but he that's what i'm saying because he was sorry he's good yeah that sucks because that guy was a douchebag yeah like i'm not awful, happy awful man. i'm not happy when i hear the people die in general that one yeah kind of uh kind of happy like billy graham just died recently it's my mom's birthday today oh how's she doing <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. (laughs) 
I had to. Yeah, no, it's, a it's, thing. it's fair. I talked to my dad yesterday. I was like, "Do we need to acknowledge tomorrow?" And he's like, "I already got it on the like they have one of the calendars that is like a wooden one that you." do by hand every month mm-hmm. he's like i already got it up on the calendar we don't need to talk about it anymore i was like okay it's good enough for me All right. <laughs> yeah. um okay so uh very anti-gay in this group and he talks about that in his sermon and then they unveil who is the person in the white sheet uh saran mounted wrapped. to the cross you don't know saran wrapped until they remove it but you just yeah. see like there's a figure mounted to the cross it turns out they're saran wrapped to the cross, and it's a random dude we've never met before. Who's this guy? Isn't isn't that the guy who was with the sheriff? No, because that was it's a Hispanic not? guy. Okay. Because if you remember, you only see him for a second. Because if you remember the guy from Office Space, when yeah. when Michael Parks is talking to him, I think he referenced him as uh, a derogatory term for a Hispanic yeah. person. Robert Starr, I think, is his name. Okay. If I remember correctly, okay, it's Milton. Yeah, um, but it's but it's a random gay dude, uh, and they escort the children out, and this is a very real scene again because I feel like this is in this community they preach these things. They they talk about sex so much in front of these kids, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that's the norm. Yeah, in these groups, um, but they have them leave, and then the men come up. And they finish Sharan wrapping his head, and then they shoot the guy in the head from the top of his head down. And then the top of his head's on fire. Yes, for a brief minute. Yeah. Um, kind of horrific and, like, original. Like, I've never seen a Saran wrap death like that. Did you not Dexter? Um, not like that. I mean, that's what he did. He Saran wrapped people because it was easy to clean up. Um... They couldn't move, and it was easy to clean up. Yeah, um, but it, uh, I felt like it was very visceral. It felt horrific. It felt real, uh, and it's not what someone would expect from a Kevin Smith movie. This movie does not feel like a Kevin Smith movie. No. This not- feels like a real movie. <laughs> Clerks is great. Mallrats is bad, but good. Uh, Dogma's good. Uh, at one one point when they were, uh, shrink wrapping him, one of the guys says, uh, don't get any of his saliva on you. It'll turn you. Yeah. And, uh, I love that line because it's like a bunch of, like they were scared of gay zombies. Mm -hmm. Like they're just going to go around like getting the saliva on them and turning them gay. It's like, uh, Munley used to sell those acorns on his website. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mad at myself that I didn't buy any of those. So mad. So what, what were they, Russ? I'm sorry. I just referenced oh, the acorns. I'm sorry. What were they? So there's an artist that I love and thus uh, told Justin about, and for years he's loved him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Munley Munley. And for a while he sold acorns on his website that you could throw at your friends and turn them gay. <laughs> and I'm so mad that I never bought these acorns because he doesn't sell them anymore. Uh, but I would kill to own these acorns. Mm-hmm. I, if there's someone out there that has those original Munley Munley acorns, I will pay $50 for a pair of these Munley Munley acorns. If you can provide any valid proof that they are from him, I will pay you $50, postage included, to ship me quantity two of those original acorns from Munley. Throwing it out there now. 
Is that a good market value for two acorns? I feel like I'm being generous. <laughs> I feel like you're going to get scammed now. I, t- I said I need valid proof. I need... What if he just put them in a Ziploc bag? I need him to say yes. That's how I package them. <laughs> okay. You should have your original PayPal receipt from 2004. <laughs> yeah, you totally have that. <laughs> I mean, you've gotten the guy on the phone. You can get the guy on the phone again, right? You still have his number? I did, yeah. I did have that at one point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, where are we at now? Kill the guy. Yeah. And drop him into a pit where uh, Billy Ray and the other friend are. Yeah. Billy Ray and the one without the interesting name. Yes. <laughs> uh, and they end up uh, escaping uh, while their other friend ends up getting saran wrapped to the, the, the cross. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, we end up with John Goodman getting woke up mm-hmm. talk to me about that uh it's john fucking goodman uh he has just like this great great little interactions with his wife but basically he's being told by he's an atf agent he's being told by his boss basically get me up to speed on uh this family which he does uh and basically says i can have uh a team there in an hour and they're there in an hour there was a moment you said like the interactions with his wife and Uh that's like this is something that i do my wife and i do constantly is he's like is waking his wife up at five in the morning and he's like if you love me you'd make me coffee (laughs) yeah that's my favorite bit and and i say that shit my wife says that (laughs) stuff to me constant it's constant like those little guilt trips and like passive aggressive things Mm -hmm. that's a quote that that i'm sure has been said in our house a thousand times and it was awesome and uh, i think that's like a combination of smith's dialogue and goodman's performance that's just like come together and that's why i think this movie is so great is you have michael parks is such a good actor mm-hmm. john goodman is such a good actor mm-hmm. kevin pollack is in this movie mm-hmm. um uh badgers in this movie <laughs> badger and skylar both yes are both in this movie she has a huge head I, every time i see her i'm like that is a mascot's <laughs> head anyway <laughs> i think she, she always wears her hair big that's uh she's got a big big ass chin okay like a big Roberts at our face a big Mayberry chin <laughs> and, a chin that's cruising for a goose <laughs> uh, so yeah so Goodman is basically get to this house mm-hmm. we've skipped over the fact uh, that the local sheriff was getting a blowjob from another dude mm-hmm. he's married uh, had a minor accident Badger ends the, up at the this kids house. Kids sideswipe him. Yep, and he sends Badger out to go look for the the car. Yep, uh, this is the same time when the kids escape, and yep. they hear gunfire. Billy Ray escapes. Billy Ray escapes. Gunfire ensues. Mm-hmm. Badger, who was gonna just walk away from these douchebags, well, not before asking him about Italy. Not before asking him about Italy, and that's where but, like, but that's kind of totally. It's a small town, right? Yeah, and. But, but I think that's like Badger is the actor to do that too. Yeah, like, definitely. Like Smith's casting was really good with yeah. this. Um, 
and shit starts hitting the fan. Like through the local sheriffs, shit's hitting the fan. Goodman's in act in is on the way, and now we have a Waco situation happening. Right. Um. So, I these are my notes, uh, from around this time. Kevin Pollock! Exclamation point. So this is like a Waco thing. Kevin Pollock like nine exclamation points because his head explodes. <laughs> In another instance, that like you were like, okay, he's like our second lead right now. Yeah. Kevin Pollock's never mind, he's dead. Yeah, it's like Kevin Pollock, fucking yes, John Goodman, Kevin Pollock in our and he's dead. <laughs> Which is great. So the way that I've heard uh, interviews or whatever with uh, Kevin Smith with this is he said he was writing this movie, and when he was writing this movie, every time he felt like someone knew what was going to happen, he tried to write the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool way to go about doing it. Yeah. Um, and you see that with our three young men that you think are the leads of this movie. Right. And every half hour they just get picked off and die. Like, who's the lead of this movie? Right. There isn't really. I mean, maybe Michael Parks or John Goodman. Yeah. So John Goodman ends up being the protagonist. I guess. So he, and I mean, Michael Parks is definitely the antagonist, mm-hmm. um, but it changes. Yeah. Oh, it's really interesting mm-hmm. in that way, is that you feel like you're following this kid, and then you feel like you're following this kid, uh, and then you're like, I-, I have nobody that I'm following. Apparently, John Goodman's my guy. John um, Goodman's always my guy. So, <laughs> so I told uh, my wife about your quote about John Goodman as a national treasure, and mm. she was like, I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. No, it's true. It's, it's true. I, I really wish that we lived in a world in which we, we could go back and he could have done a whole lot more. Like, I've, I've I've heard actors say, like, that's the biggest insult to them is when they're like, somebody says, like, you should do more. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no shit, I would love to do more. But, like, I want to see another world in which he was doing way more of this type thing or the fallen type thing. He was fucking amazing as Dan Connor. No, he but was. I'm not taking. But it the, wasn't until the Big Lebowski that anyone thought he could be anything else. No, you're. I agree. No, he was great. And like, I all I remember from Roseanne is like randomly when he, when Dan Connor would yell, I was like, yeah. holy shit! Like this guy can yell and be mean, but not not drunken, scary guy. Because right. that's what he was. He was the the fun loving dad, you know, that would kind of let the kids get away with stuff. But just like that same dad who would lose his shit and scream at you because there was the love there. Yes. Not because he was drunk and you were in his way or anything. Yeah. But that type of scream like, you are fucking up real hard right here and I need to let you know that you are fucking up so that you will stop fucking up. And like, yeah. I feel like Dan Connor was the dad that you wanted that you never had. Sure. I mean, I had him. <laughs> he was there. He, he was he in was my there. living room every Wednesday night. <laughs> multiple times during the summer. Multiple times a week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the show's coming back. I'm excited. That's crazy. It's coming back later this month. It's awesome. Will and Grace was... Mostly, I'm going to say hit and mostly miss. Uh, but that show was, was kind of always bad. I think I'm realizing. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I've ever seen an episode. 
Mega Malolu is fantastic. Uh, but, yeah. Can't talk about it. Uh, so there ends up being a Waco standoff. Mm-hmm. And shit starts hitting the fan. The local police officer ends up initiating the first shot. And John Goodman gets the call. Wipe everybody out. Kill everybody. I don't want to hear any excuses. We'll call it domestic terrorism. They were trying to bomb a shopping mall. And he's torn by that because he's basically being instructed to kill all these fucking people. Right. And he doesn't want to do it. I love that he gets injured in the firefight, but it's not that he got winged or anything. He's got a piece of Kevin Pollock's skull in his leg. That alone is horrifying. Yeah. Like, oh, um. Yeah, and what does he do? He's not exactly the hero, because he's no. still like, okay, I'll go kill these people. Yeah. I suppose it's my job. And he moves forward, mm-hmm. and he works to annihilate this family. Um, there's kind of a girl inside that's a member of the family that's not entirely bad, maybe. She tries... She just wants to save the kids. Yep. Um, nope, she gets killed, too, because you think she's that's what she it's going to turn into. She teams up with the last the last remaining yep. uh, of our protagonists. Both of them get killed. Yep. Wouldn't have expected that to happen at all. Nope. I have a note here. I'm sure Jesus loves that her last words were cocksucker. <laughs> the, uh, the one lady. Yeah. With the son who was either like minorly special needs or just they dressed weirdly nerdy. Yeah. I yeah. I know, yeah. What you're, <laughs> I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. um, they were all very country and then he was just like. It was Napoleon Dynamite's brother. Uh, I I thought he was dressed like the professor from Monster in the Closet. Okay. So like, that's what the <laughs> professor looked like when he got older. That's true. Yeah. No, the professor was a hunk when he got older. Probably. Uh, and Fergie was in that? Uh, yeah. yeah. Apparently fucking Fergie's in that. Yeah. Um, and you boomed me? I boomed you? Yeah, you sent me a text quoting that Lloyd Kaufman was the executive producer. Yeah. And boomed me. Yeah. I don't feel like that was a boom-worthy thing. He might have been the executive producer, and that's not necessarily like sealing the deal for me by saying that it, he didn't have anything to do with it, but that totally could have been tacked on at the end when they picked it up as well. That's not like a death a death note for me. I tweeted Lloyd Kaufman, by the way. Mm-hmm. He didn't respond, which I'm pretty disappointed about, but he's going to be at a convention, I'm sure, and I'm going to corner his ass, and I'm going to be like, you need to fucking talk to me about Monster in the Closet. How much involvement did you have? Yes, exactly. So we're going to get an answer. Don't bias it by saying, please tell me it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I, I, my tweet was, help me settle a bet. Uh, I know you were an executive producer on Monster. I know you were credited as executive producer, but were you actively involved in production or was this added after or something along those lines mm-hmm. and he ignored me that seems like a low Kaufman thing to do it's a good it's a good thing yeah um so, so how does the movie end so the movie ends with the family all of a sudden hearing this loud trumpet sounding and they're like holy shit this is the fucking rapture it is god calling us that we are being taken to heaven. Drop your guns. Let's go outside. And John Goodman's standing outside because he's hearing it too. And everybody's like, what the fuck is happening? Here comes the family. They're not armed anymore. We can't shoot them. Can we shoot them? Well, that one kid, this this grown-up professor runs. And yeah. He gets, he gets taken out. Um, but John Goodman's be- is torn because he's 
been told to kill them, but now they're not even armed. How does he kill them? But he's hearing this fucking horn blaring. And they're ecstatic because this is God coming to save them. And then in an excellent piece of filmmaking, they bypass the arrest, the awkwardness of standing. And then it's John Goodman sitting in a hearing trying to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And they talk and it's not until later that you find out this was just their neighbors that they've been having a turf war with it fucking was a with them. literal deus ex machina uh, a literal god in the machine and how did you feel about this i'm sure you can tell by my tone that i did not like it why because it's literally a deus ex machina not only is it a deus ex machina in that you don't get a resolution that is satisfying but then it points out to you that you don't get uh, an ending that's satisfying by it being a literal deus ex machina it's like a huh huh fuck you huh huh fuck you but huh? I didn't like it I disagree 110% I feel like the movie had a moment where it totally could have been God coming down and being like, you know what? These fuckers are right. And getting taken to heaven. There was a moment where I thought that could totally happen. And in the original script, that's what Kevin Smith had. He had like this billion dollar script where like angels were coming down and taking them and all this shit, but he ultimately couldn't afford it. And that's what he did is twist it to this. So the sheer fact that though that could happen I think totally had me on the edge of my seat that I was like, I could buy that this movie all of a sudden wouldn't make them right. And that they would, this would be the rapture. It would really happen at this moment. Um, and then you get the performance of just John Goodman sitting and talking, which was great is fantastic. And, uh, and I was absorbed, and I was into it, and I think that it's clever. And then you get the back and forth with John Goodman realizing that they're still going to fuck this family, mm-hmm. which deserved to be fucked in all actuality. Um, but the, uh, the, the bureaucracy mixed with the personal vendetta an individual can carry through the bureaucracy uh, at the end. And uh, I think that it's Smith's best film that transcends what Smith, you know, when you talk about Kevin Smith, you think about something. And I think this film uh, is worthy of being up there with some of the, the other horror movies as well as real thrillers and and deeper movies that say something okay i do not at all agree it wasn't even my favorite movie that we watched for this podcast (laughs) spoilers (laughs) um my the other thing i want to say about this isn't really related necessarily to this um but when this movie came out the westboro baptist church kept following it around picketing it and i'm sure i'm messing up a detail of this but there was this weird like 69 like snake eating its tail reciprocal thing 
where like everywhere the Westboro Baptist Church would go, Kevin Smith would follow them. And then everywhere Red State would go, the Westboro Baptist Church would follow them, mm-hmm. uh, which was cool. And he would keep doing Q&As like around. And then Red State was way out selling like by tons and tons and tons, uh, which is like how it always is. You have way more people that are anti Westboro than yeah. are pro. Um, but the one thing that I remember is, is Kevin Smith has a really gay friend named Malcolm, not really gay friend, a really good friend that is gay <laughs> named Malcolm, um, who's a filmmaker in his own right. And he would bring these, this one sign that he always used to like picket the Westboro Baptist church. And it was a giant sign that just said cocktail yummy. <laughs> and that's what he would hold up to the Westboro Baptist church. And I loved it. Uh, there was one sign that I saw inside the compound that made me laugh, which was pork products, not dudes, <laughs> which doesn't make sense because you're taking a noun. I know. It can also be a verb. Yeah, just don't think about it. So just it doesn't listen, actually make just, sense. Just hear and it. That's why I loved it just because it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you get the meaning, but they failed. And that's why it was funny to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Pork products, not dudes. Uh, um, so I think I established my love for this movie. Or am, is there any piece that you're missing? I feel like you you stated your your uh, uh, overall positive, a begrizzled thumbs it's up. It's good. It's got a. It's filled with great performances. Um, I think I gave you the context in which I could say that it was just okay for mm-hmm. me. Okay, that's fair. Good. Um, so we're going to pause for a moment and do your least favorite segment of the show, which is Novel Ideas with Russ. Nice. Um, so a couple things. Longer session right now. Um, so there's uh, part of the reason that I added the Novel Ideas thing mm-hmm. is that I have w- I applied for and I've been approved um by a company that does uh, uh, like promotion of books and uh, like are categorized as media with the podcast nice. um, in that I'm getting uh, advanced copies of books now cool. to review on the site, discuss on the podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm being very strategic and there's reasons why I pick everything that I, that I request and I have to be approved to get them. And some I'm denied for some I'm approved for and things. Um, and the, the category that they give, it's not like I get paid, but it's still, it's one of those little badges. Like it's like Boy Scouts, yeah. like I'm labeled a professional reader. Nice. So that felt good. Um, but that's part of the thing that you'll see. Um, but if you're not getting paid, you're not technically a professional writer. Hey, reader. they, that's what they call it. Okay. Okay. I'm just telling you, that's what they call it. T-shirt says FBI. <laughs> Ignore the female body inspector part. FBI. It's, it's FBI. Um, so no, but the idea of like, of being acknowledged is cool for me, uh, and yeah. I get the books way ahead of everybody else and for free, um, just in the interest of of, of giving my feedback and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's a step for the podcast in the yeah. right direction, which is cool. That's cool. Um, a couple that I'll talk about real quick. If you're up to it, no, let's move on. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> so Tusk. We watched as well. Um, so the first one I want to talk about being quick because I try to uh, like this is usually a positive thing. 
Um, there's a there's a guy named Josh Mallerman out there that you don't know, but uh, he's written a couple books. The most uh, popular one that he did is called Bird Box, and they're f- probably just got done filming this big ass Hollywood movie with Sandra Bullock starring in it. Um, and the concept of this movie is, or I'm sorry, this book and thus this movie is that there's these monsters and you see the monster and then you go fucking crazy and you kill yourself and kill everybody. So the concept is, you know, that this happens, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that you're living blind. Okay. That's the concept. That's the movie that's coming out. Everybody loved this book. It's a great book. Um, and they made a movie out of it. His new book is coming out uh, here in August, I want to say. Five months from now. August. Uh, it's called Unbury Carol. Concept of this book is that there's a woman who uh, routinely goes into these deep comas and appears to be dead. And her husband is going to take advantage of this fact and use this to bury her and murder her. Mm-hmm set uh in old timey western town and then you get this group of ragtag people that uh, are coming to her rescue that are chasing after them ragtag people uh, <laughs> um ragtag t- people <laughs> ragtag people uh A ragtag group of people like tag dag nope nope <laughs> so there are some persons i'm hearing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh, this was not my favorite book by him in the slightest. So I would give a big old pass to Unbury Carroll, but still a big thumbs up for Josh Mallerman. Cool. Yeah. The big one I want to talk about, though, is a guy named Dathan Auerbach. Dathan? Dathan. Okay. So in Dathan... Uh, I never know with you. Yes. You sound weird. <laughs> you just said people. <laughs> So I had to make sure. Yes, it, it is Dathan. So a few years ago, he started making the rounds on the internet, and they they credit Reddit for this a lot, but this paperback book started making these huge rounds, and it's called Pen Pal. And it's broke up into five or six different sections, and I'm going to spoil the very first section of this few-year-old book for you in the interest of intriguing people enough to, to, to read it. So the book is called Pen Pal. And the first... I don't want to call them chapters because there's only like six chapters, if you will, in the book. But let's call it the first chapter. Is that this kid in elementary school, their class project is they send up balloons with a note written on it and say, hey, whoever this is, let me know where this ends up and we're going to be pen pals. And he sends it up. And everybody's getting these letters back and everything and he's depressed because nobody responds to his. Mm-hmm. Then randomly he gets this Polaroid picture that's all fuzzy and blurry and he can't really make it out and he's super disappointed okay but then everybody else like their stuff kind of wanes down but he keeps getting these weird fuzzy postcards no notes no return address just these weird fuzzy postcards and the end of this first chapter if you will is that he's like laying out all these 30 fuzzy polaroids and he starts picking things apart and realizing holy shit all of these Polaroids are me. This guy, this person, whoever's taking these Polaroids has taken like 30 fucking pictures of me. That's sort of me, mm-hmm. but in a weird contextual way that I can't really make out who the fuck is stalking me as a third grader. Yeah. That's the end of chapter one. 
Um, and it's written in like a super, I'm not familiar with creepypasta. Okay. Crit- critics of this has said it's very creepypasta-ish. Okay. I felt it inc- incredibly casually written. And mm-hmm. it's written as if um, it's someone telling the story, not is there a child, but from when they were a child. Yeah. And it's super, super easy to digest um, and not dumbed down by any means, but it's just this guy's writing style and his new book that's going to be coming out, I believe in May, I'm probably have this date wrong, is called Bad Man and the opposite of Mallerman, which is, you know, Bird Box is his great one that he's known for. It, it's going to stay that way. This guy with pen pal took it up a notch with this book called bad man. And the majority of this book is like, so that it starts out this kid went 15 year old kid went to the grocery store with his little brother, little brother gets abducted, never seen again. Times are tough for this family. And he ends up being only able to get a job in the grocery store that his brother got abducted. And kind of the majority of this book is super, super slow paced in that when I made the analogy when I talked about it, it's like it's like a, a, a confident filmmaker, like taking his time with a shot mm-hmm. in that you're reading this book and he's talking to you about like this dude stocking shelves in this fucking grocery store and like yeah. his day to day. But it's written so well and that you care about these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fantastic. Like your the pen pal was optioned for a movie that's probably going to end up coming a movie, um, and this Dathan Auerbach is going to be a f- you're you're going to start seeing his books in in Walmart and stuff is is by my estimation. Cool. Um, so that's my legally obligated <laughs> things to talk about. Uh, so I would say pass on Unbury Carroll, pick up Badman. Can I say one more thing regarding novels? Sure. Ideas with Russ. Uh, Lucas Mangum officially am going to Austin for KillerCon. Woo! So, booking that flight. Um, pretty stoked about that. Uh, You're going to be like, yo, what's up, Lucas? I'm Russ. And he'll be like, cool. Who do I make this out to? <laughs> that would be $10 yeah. from a book. Yep. Yep. He's not going to remember you. No. Um Remember me? I'm the guy who said the really awful thing right as soon as you were on the phone. <laughs> Remember? Oh, you blocked that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm stoked. Uh, everybody's podcast favorite guest, Ben, is coming with me. Woo! Um, so it's exciting. Yeah. Pretty stoked about it. Cool. And he doesn't care about horror or books. <laughs> so that's a friend. Yay! <laughs> um, Tusk? Before Tusk, before Tusk, you uh, always hound me about not getting you the birthday present, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's because, uh, you know, I I will admit I didn't actively shop for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just like you were doing when you were shopping for yourself and found something, okay. Uh, I got an email recently that one of my favorite bands, those poor bastards, uh put out a 10th anniversary limited edition vinyl mm-hmm. of my favorite album, Satan mm-hmm. is Watching. And I was like, awesome. Went on the website, got it. And then I looked on the website and I saw something and I was like, boom, this is Russ's gift. Uh, it is uh, one of the members of Those Poor Bastards, Lonesome Wyatt, mm-hmm. who has another great band, Lonesome Wyatt and the Holy Spooks, uh, drew this. Now, I'm going to say I'm sorry because I did not, I did not box this up. 
some someone at the factory or whatever the distribution warehouse uh, did this to this, but it it is a signed print. Oh, it's like a folk art from Lonesome Wyatt. I've yeah. seen some of his folk art, folk art, and it's signed, and it's Freddy Krueger done by Lonesome Wyatt, signed by Lonesome Wyatt. So this is combining my love of Lonesome Wyatt mm-hmm. and those poor bastards mm-hmm. with my love of horror. Yep, that is awesome. I thought you'd like it. I do like that. That I, is awesome. I don't like that they put a giant crease in the middle, but uh, it, it seems like I don't it's, think good, they, it's good quality they, paper. They bent it. They didn't crease it. So I'm 100% good with this because I think they probably wrapped it around the vinyl so it didn't actually crease. Yeah. So this is fine. This is good. I can live with this. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Happy birthday <laughs> on your mom's birthday. I, I, <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that. That's You're good. Welcome. Thanks for really making this a wonderful memory for me to look at every time i see it thank oh, you fuck. um you know he totally is the one that sends all this shit out right I, I there's figured. no distributes it's yeah. all him for sure yeah <laughs> so yeah no there's no crease i'm good with it man cool. thank you very much that's that is that's combining those two things yeah. uh and that's a that's that's good i like that thank you now you fucking get off my back oh you know you still owe me one that's one there's still one coming. I didn't know last year, so you, you can't. You can't. Uh, okay. I will. Whether I can or not is irrelevant because I will. That's true. Never um, saw you before. Tusk. Tusk. Plot. Uh, Synopsis. Uh, Douchebaggy uh, podcast host goes to Canada on a mission to... Uh, have an interview with a kid who cut off his own leg while playing with a sword. Uh, and that doesn't happen. So he winds up getting turned into a walrus. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Overall thoughts. Uh, I think you've ruined me as a human being because I loved this movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Vindic- <laughs> Vindicated. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. I love Tusk. It's great. Uh, there is one thing that I hate about this movie. Is it the ending? It's Johnny Depp. Oh, really? Yes. Um, Do you hate that it's Johnny Depp? That he's not credited as Johnny Depp? No. No. I hate his character and everything that he does with it. Uh, I thought it was perfectly over the top. Um. But uh, I'm well aware of people that have an issue. I can understand the people that have this issue with movie this movie because there's such a tonal shift that happens mm-hmm. that I understand it. And I almost sent you a text like when I was watching this because I think you usually watch these the day before we record and I watch them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I almost sent you a text that said, remember the sin that we learned from Polly Shore's dead when you watch Tusk. Because what my fear was, you would be like, I'm watching Michael Parks giving these this huge fucking soliloquies and telling these stories and be on, and then there's a fucking walrus. <laughs> but he's giving these soliloquies about a fucking walrus. Yes, I know, but there's still, that's a different thing. Like, you yeah. can, that is like Michael Parks, Michael Parks is like a Quentin, was, he's, he passed away, but Michael Parks was like a Quentin Tarantino dude. And like, those stories are something that you could see being told in a quentin tarantino movie Mm -hmm. that turns into something else more real 
than a dude being turned into a walrus. Yeah. Um, so let's dive in. The other thing that I hate in this movie is the actual after of the actual video of the dude cutting it off his own leg looks awful. Yeah. I think it's supposed to. You're talking about the special effects? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's looks he, terrible. He did the whole film for three million dollars and got Johnny Depp and Justin Long, who's not a star, but probably wasn't the. You know, he still probably yeah. had a salary. Yeah, and and again with his casting was phenomenal as Michael Parks. I think Haley Joel Osment nails it. Nails it. You're really starting to slur. <laughs> uh. So yeah, so their podcast. And the first thing I thought when I was writing is like, what the hell is the deal with podcasts? Like every fucking person thinks that they can have a podcast. Yeah, I know, right? It's nobody wants to hear what the fuck you have to say. Mm-hmm. You are not funny. Yeah. There's nothing more pretentious and like self ego driven no. and narcissistic than having a podcast. Anybody can just have a podcast and make a hundred thousand dollars a year and have really cool merch. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. anybody could do that. Yeah, exactly. So, so like why? It's, yeah. Why do we care about these guys? Just, What's so it's, different it's about vanity. them? Yeah, exactly. Fuck podcasters. Yeah. So we <laughs> <laughs> Uh Yeah. They have some great merch. We need merch. Yeah. I wish we I wish we had the the listenership that would I think we have a loyal listenership just cuz the numbers are amazing. I feel like we could sell some merch. We should set up a merch shop. Can we make ladle? Like a a ladle? Yeah, I want a ladle to like scoop out water. Like things for things of water. A dipper. Yeah. A ladle is like a kitchen utensil. You want well, that's a dipper what it looks like. I want a that dipper. you put in a wooden barrel that's filled with water. Yeah, for some reason we could have the we could make that's a, a wooden, dipper. We could make a wooden barrel too. Yeah. There's no reason we can't make the wooden barrel. It's true. I don't feel like that's been done before. Does no. Joe Rogan have a dipper? Probably not. I don't think so. Mm-mm. There, there you go. Does the Nerdist have a dipper? Maybe. Actually, yeah, they he's probably, probably yeah, merch, he's yeah. he's pretty smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. You know who doesn't have a dipper? Who's that? Fucking Mayberry. No, he's Mayberry isn't cool enough to have a dipper. No, he's just out there writing books. Yeah. Being... Not getting hit in the face by the goose. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. He's it's cruising. For a goosin. <laughs> Best thing I've ever created. <laughs> See, this is why we need merch. <laughs> I want a t-shirt that just says cruising for a goosin on it. Uh... So let us know if you would wear a fuck Mayberry t-shirt because <laughs> I want to make a fuck Mayberry t-shirt. <laughs> oh, um, I feel that that should be my gift to Lucas. Like I should go barter for copies of his other books. Yeah. Like just to bring a fuck we Mayberry need, we t-shirt. We need one just so you can give him one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to lose thousands of dollars by printing hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of fuck Mayberry shirts and like. The only people that would be interested at all would be like Mayberry's fans. And they'd be like, why would I want one that says fuck Mayberry? He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the point. It's like, why would you say that? <laughs> Dude, fuck Mayberry is our fuck Eli Whitney. 
<laughs> we have realized yes, our high school that was dream. Our goal. <laughs> we have realized our dream that we've had since high school of a teacher that just says fuck and then somebody that nobody would ever say fuck you to. We did it. And it happened organically. Exactly. <laughs> this is why we need a merch store. We're doing it. We're creating a merch store. Uh, um All right, so Tusk. So Justin Long travels to Canada. He's going to interview this dude that accidentally cut off his leg, finds out he's dead, goes to the bar. Before that, they're in the airport, which is fantastic. I love that scene. Okay. Uh, And I think maybe the best line in the movie is in that airport scene, which is, you don't say Hitler in an airport. Yes. (laughs) You don't say Hitler in an airport. That is a wonderful line. Yeah. You're correct. And I love the fact that uh, he points to the flag and like, unlike the uh, United States, we're red and white, but never blue. And then they make a callback later in the gas station. They're selling t-shirts that say red, white, and never blue. It's good. It's good. See, they're selling t-shirts, man. (laughs) This gas station. Haley Joel Osment looks like a chubby kid with a beard. Like, he looks like himself- when he was a kid, but yeah. now he's weirdly just gotten bigger and wider. Yes. I agree. It's weird. Like, most kids are like, haha, you kind of look like you, you do now. All weird, but he, he looks exactly the same. Yeah, he looks like you would cuddle with him, even though he's a 30-year-old man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like I look that way, too, though. <laughs> I'm like a, a big, soft teddy bear. That's true. Um, so Justin Long sees this note from a guy in the bathroom stating that he has a room available Mm -hmm. if he, uh, you have to do minor household chores and he has stories to tell. Right. I have a question for you. Yes. We've established on this podcast that you are not okay with girls peeing in movies. Mm -hmm. Justin Long pees twice within about 10 minutes of this movie. Didn't notice it at all. You're a weirdo. <laughs> didn't You're a notice fucking it weirdo. at all. It was I didn't even know where you were going until you said it. Because <laughs> I didn't even think about it in the slightest. Just cruise Two right peeing by. scenes within 10 minutes. Didn't, and I'm just like. Nope. Didn't notice. Does Russ find this creepy? Because every time a girl even talks about peeing in a movie. Nope. It is going in his notes. Nope. I'm good. Didn't even didn't even put that together until mm-hmm. you said that. I don't no, know what that says you about that odd, music person. odd man. <laughs> You hate vaginas. <laughs> um, so this moment, I'll talk. Did you, you said you watched some of the special features. Do you know how Tusk came about? Uh, no, I watched like the 20 years to Tusk. I think I watched the first about 10 minutes before okay. I was like, so, I need to go to bed. So here's how this came about. Uh, Kevin Smith has a podcast called Smodcast, mm-hmm. arguably one of the most popular podcasts that exists. Yeah, it said it was based on episode 259 or something. Yes. So what happened was uh, him and his podcast partner, Scott Mosier, read an uh, an ad that was sent to them, pres- uh, Craigslist, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was the thing this guy wrote that said, hey, I've got a room available. You don't have to pay me. All you have to do is for four hours a day dress up like a walrus. And roam around the house. You can't talk to me. You just have to pretend to be a walrus. So 
just like a podcast does, they just bantered back and forth and stuff, right? And like, what's the scenario? Who's this guy? What would they do? What would happen? Whatever. And he's like, I want to see this movie. And then they went back and forth and they basically wrote the entire movie on the podcast. And he got to the end. He's like, I want to see that movie, man. I want to see this movie. Nobody's going to make that movie. Holy shit. What if, should I make that movie? And then he left it up to the podcast audience. And he said, I want you to tweet to me and say, hashtag walrus. Yes. Or walrus. No. For if I should make this movie and everybody, but one person said walrus. Yes. And he made this movie pretty much that they laid out. If you listen to that podcast, that's kind of what this whole thing is. And he was just like, I'm to the point where nobody's going to make this weird ass movie if I don't do it. And the whole thing was written just BSing on a podcast. So I understand that he's Kevin Smith. But what you're telling me is he said a bunch of bullshit on a podcast and then someone gave him three million dollars. Um. He like put his house up for it too, as part of the equation, because hmm. um, he was saying the way that loans and stuff work. Don't quote me on this, but the, the way the loans and stuff work, he only had to actually put up three hundred grand, and then three million was able to get financed. I, I'm not going to pretend I can talk about the financials. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, is that that's what he was talking about? How much he loves his wife? That his wife was like, yeah, we'll put up the house for this. <laughs> all right then um so yeah that's the origin story for tusk so you could listen to that episode it's called the walrus and the carpenter mm-hmm. is the episode of the podcast and that's where it comes from i may do that which is pretty it's a pretty cool concept that like obviously he's still kevin smith but three million dollars is a lot of money mm-hmm. and it's just something that him and his friend were f- bullshitting on and the dude so the dude that wrote the original thing it was a joke and they made him an executive producer that's awesome. and presumably got you know a chunk of money for doing that that's awesome so yeah the whole thing is a pretty pretty cool story so he ends up with michael parks and michael parks is a fucking great a actor mm-hmm. and just acts his ass off telling these stories about uh uh you know being in World War Two, mm-hmm. um, Ernest Hemingway. Being with Ernest Hemingway, uh, being stranded on an island where he befriended a walrus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know what Justin Long is? A bad podcaster because he doesn't record fucking any of this. Yeah, that weirded me out. Yeah, why doesn't he record any of it? I don't. I don't. He's just gonna answer. fucking sip his tea by the fire. And be like, oh, these are really interesting stories. I have expected him to be like, don't tell me the Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway story yet. Let me get out my big fucking reel-to-reel or whatever shit he brought. But I guess the concept of their podcast is he tells Haley Joel Osment about these things. That's why it's the Nazi party. Because hmm. he doesn't see it happen. Right. So he's telling him and Haley Joel Osment is asking him questions about it. See, I thought he did a thing and then showed him the thing, and then they yeah. talked about the thing. I don't think he shows him. I think he tells him about it. Okay. Is the concept. Still for posterity. Yeah, no, I to mean. get your shit together. You should yeah, you would think, yeah, you'd think he would have recorded it. Um, and Michael Parks, again, I can't speak enough incredible things about this dude. He ends up drugging him and justin long wakes up and his leg is cut off it's like misery 
It's like, kind have of. you seen Misery? I have not. Okay. Okay. I just know that Kathy Bates like uh, is like likes his author and breaks his legs. Yeah, pretty close. That's Good. what I know about this. Uh, and he's got he ends up going back and forth, and finally Justin Long realizes like this shit is fucked up. I am being held here against my will. What is going on? My leg is missing. The lies that you're feeding me aren't making sense. It's a brown recluse. They're having a, a dinner uh, together and they're arguing. And Michael Parks, who has been in a wheelchair the entire time, stands up and walks over to him and yells at him. And he's like, I am fucked right now. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny Depp shows up. Before that, Michael Parks says... Is man truly a walrus at heart? Because that's his goal. He wants to find out. <laughs> is man truly a walrus at heart? He says the the thing that has been plaguing man for eons, the one question, is man truly a walrus at heart? This is why I love this movie. It's fucking ridiculous. And then we do get Johnny Depp and... Uh, I love his stupid smashing of the slider and him and Michael Parks in the flashback is fantastic. Uh, because Michael Parks is so great, man. I feel like this is a Michael Parks scene. So Michael Parks is pretending to be handicapped, mentally mm-hmm. uh, uh, handicapped, uh, and asking him if he came to shoot the spider that he called about because he is on to him that he's a serial killer, Johnny Johnny Depp is a is a investigator. He's investigating a serial killer. He stumbles upon the guy, and he outsmarts him by pretending to be handicapped. Mm-hmm. And he uses the same name as he said the doctor was for Justin Long. Yes. Then Justin Long wakes up. Mm-hmm. And what has happened? Uh, he has gone full walrus. He went full walrus. So he is sewn into a suit made up out of other human beings Mm -hmm. that has shaped him into a walrus. Yeah. Created by Robert Kurtzman Mm -hmm. of... Walking Dead. Wishmaster... No. Oh, no. That's... That's that's Kurtzman, not Kirksman. Or I've got those backwards. Wishmaster. Yeah. Who's the guy that does all the... Greg Nicotero. Yes. That's the they guy. used to work together. That was K and B. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the Wishmaster director that I said was a big special effects guy. He yeah. created the Tusk uh, Walrus. I, I didn't notice until kind of right at the end that there was a face on his back. Yeah. Yeah. There's multiple faces. It's cool. Um, so he's sewn into this and turned into a walrus like using his femurs as tusks that are implanted. Mm-hmm. In this, like, the enclosure is awesome. Yeah. With, like, screens projecting seagulls flying mm-hmm. in the shittiest way possible. Yeah. And, like, a water pit and... A mechanical retracting bridge. Yes. This is great. The scenes that I hate are the flashbacks, however. The flashbacks are obviously filmed in a pool. The black and white flashbacks mm-hmm. look terrible. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the shittiness of them. Yeah. They look terrible. Um, and Michael Parks uh, is encouraging him to become a walrus completely. He encourages him to learn to swim. He makes him eat a fish. 
mm-hmm. for his ultimate goal of wrestling with him because he had to kill the walrus that he was stranded on. He killed on him less than an hour before help arrived. And if he just he, held out. He would and, have his little walrus friend still today. And Mr. he's Tusk. recreated this for 15 years, he says, and yeah. has to re-kill the walrus every time. And he makes himself into a walrus suit and wrestles with him. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, Justin Long is the only Mr. Tusk that has come back. And he kills Michael Parks. With his tusks. His with, femur tusks. Yes. Just as Guy Lapointe and Allie and Teddy burst in. Uh... Crazy movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't like the ending. That he I don't stayed... like that he wound up as a like in a reserve or something. Yeah, because you know whether he went full walrus or not, they're gonna cut him out of that thing. He's gonna get some plastic surgery and fucking go on some Oprah type show. Yeah, like that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, so I think he was just going full ridiculous at that Maybe. point. Is is what it was. Um, but yeah, I kind of. I don't kind of. I definitely love this movie. Yeah. In how absurd. Like, this is the movie that should have been made in the 80s. When they were, like, greenlighting any crazy shit that someone could would come up with in the 80s, this is that movie. But it would never would have been done this well. It never, no, probably It never not. would have been taken this seriously. Because this movie, like, Michael Parks is fucking serious as shit about wanting his walrus friend back (laughs) he's serious as shit about converting a human being into a walrus yeah and you realize how crazy that is to say out loud yeah (laughs) it's great uh i love tusk and like i want considering getting like a walrus uh a tusk tattoo of like the walrus and a big gulp and a beach ball like those three pieces together. Uh, was what, what is it called? Big A cup or something? Yeah. Big A gulp. So, Tusk or Red State? Tusk. I think Red State is the better movie, uh, but I feel like I enjoy Tusk more because it's so absurd. So you're going Tusk also? I think I would have to go Red State though. Like if oh. I'm. If I have to choose what's better. You choose what you choose. I don't know what's my criteria right now. It's you. You're on the podcast. This is episode 63. Uh, and you do this every fucking I week. I don't know. Can it be both? No. Do I have to do one? So I really like both of them. That's fine. A lot. You can like them both or hate them both. You still have to choose one. Mm, I guess just to have something be decisive, I'll say Tusk. All right there. There you go. I changed my mind. It's Red State. I changed it back. It's Tusk. Next week? Yeah, next week. <laughs> you're, you're like... <laughs> I fucking hate you. That's all. <laughs> okay. So, when I was little, uh, I rented horror movies all the time. Constantly. Okay. Why are you laughing right now? Because that's, uh, that's weird for a little kid to be... Exposed to that to me all the time. There were I can really think of two movies that I avoided for a very very long time. Like I don't th- I I know 
that I never watched this until I was an adult because whenever I would see it at the video store, I was like, I am not ready for this. I'm, I will rent every Freddy. I will rent every Jason. I've seen a lot of shit. Not ready for this. Y'all ready for this? And this is one that I never watched until I was an adult because I was so not ready for it. First film, Justin. <laughs> Angela is having a party. Jason and Freddy are too scared to come, but you'll have a hell of a time. Why is you, you will capitalized, but hell is not? Night of the Demons. Uh, on the front, oh, I just now realized that that's a demon lady. I. I'm How did you sure. just now realize that? Because I, I don't know. It looked, it just looked like a generic demon. So you assume, you know what? I'm, I maybe I'm living in 1960s hell when I just assume demons' genders. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get. I'll try to get more woke. Uh. Uh, there's like a uh, scary demon lady with predator-like teeth uh, and like snakes and lizards on her head in her hair. Uh, she says, "It's you're invited to my party." Signed, Angela. But you're when you're little. I that's gonna be scarier than Freddy or Jason. It says it right on the cover. True, they're too scared to come. And she looks horrific, doesn't she? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, she almost looks as bad as uh, uh, Howie Mandel, Little Monsters. <laughs> she looks horrific. Yeah, Night of the Demons, Blu-ray DVD combo pack. So what are we gonna see here? Uh, apparently, this girl's ass from turning it over. Uh, a demon is throwing a party. I have no idea. <laughs> like, that's just a weird premise. Uh, I'm going to say uh, some, like, rich bitch popular girl uh, is maybe a little too... Uh, flippant with the occult and then she throws a party and the thing that she's gonna do is like oh you know say bloody mary five times or whatever it is in this universe like it's gonna be fun to summon a demon at this party and uh all hell's gonna break loose good good um movie number two let's do it (laughs) uh shannon elizabeth and all hell is going to break loose. They used my pun <laughs> that I just used. That isn't on the original one. So it's an original pun. It's not a pun. It's a it's punny. It's a punny colloquialism. Yeah. Uh this is apparently Night of the Demons remake. And this is not at all scary. The cover of this thing. That's the worst cover ever. It right? is like the jack-o'-lanterns make it look more like it's a Peanuts cartoon <laughs> than it's something scary. It's the most generic cover ever. You could put any title to any spooky movie on the cover of that, and it would look awful. And nobody looks like they're really doing anything on the back either. Like, there's a weird zombie-looking 
guy that may have an axe in his head or something. This just looks bad. I'm going to say that this is bad. <laughs> I have I have no qualms about the quality of, of the original. Uh, could be good, could be bad. I'm going to assume that it's probably okay. This seems like it's going to be awful. And uh, that's what we do here on the podcast. <laughs> we watch awful, awful movies so you don't have to. Uh, so what are we going to see in the remake? Uh, the same thing, but worse. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming. <laughs> I think that's your answer every time <laughs> that we have a remake. Like, there's nothing on the back. There's There are two, okay, three pictures on the back of this thing. And I gathered the kind of the entire plot from it. Uh, the, like, there's this girl who's obviously throwing the party. There's this girl who's going to be the life of the party. And then <laughs> at the party, people talk. That's what I'm getting from the back of this. And that told that told me more than... There are twice as many pictures on the back of this DVD, and it tells me absolutely nothing. I know you're not good at faces. What would you do? Do you see that little picture? Would it help if I told you that was Edward Furlong? This guy? Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Oh, okay. I felt like you would have acknowledged that. I mean, his name is right there. Excuse me. Uh, at first, I thought it was... Uh, Haley Joel Osment? No, the the younger Culkin. Who's Rory? in Igby Goes Down. Rory? Is that one from Igby Goes Down? I don't remember. And uh, Scott Program versus the world? Scott Program saves the world? Kieran? What? Yeah. Kieran? 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 Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin. I think that I think that's the one. Justin, what else you got for us? We're, we're going to get some fucking merch. Oh, I wasn't ready for the stop button. Just try this again. Justin, what else you got for us? Um, we're gonna we're we're gonna get some fucking some merch. 